I'm Tucker, and this is Sceneplay. On this episode, we're going to continue our game of Danger Patrol, which is by John Harper. You can find his stuff at 170games.com. And I guess I'll just see you on the other side. Yeah. All right, so we're back. And again, we're going to be playing Danger Patrol. And if you remember the situation, you remember the situation. If you don't remember the situation, we're about to go over it in a second. Uh, before we get started, do we want to introduce ourselves and our characters? Uh, I'm Tucker. I'm going to be playing the GM, which means all the baddies that these guys are going to kick the asses of. Sure. I am Matthias. I am playing Sir Sibilantia Sans Silence of the Cyclic Orbit, uh, the Mystic Explorer and former cult member. Hi, I'm Henry. I'm playing Milo Masterson, the ghost flyboy uh, heir to the Masterson Appliance Fortune. Hi, I'm Patrick. I'm playing Brash96, the atomic daredevil. He's pretty badass. <laughs> Perfect. Needs no further introduction. <laughs> no further introduction. Uh, so does anybody want to give a basic sketch of what happened last time? Sure. Well, as I, if I remember correctly, the the gang had just used some of Sibilancia's uh, mystic cult magic to fly the newly stolen appropriated uh, Z101 through kind of this eldritch otherworldly dimension Trans-dimensional into this portal. into this giant warehouse where uh, Brash had found out on good information that the sort of the portal. Um, and all of these evil happenings uh, were kind of located. And we found ourselves, as soon as we exited the kind of alternate dimension into the warehouse, we found ourselves in the midst of a sea of dragons and bats and snakes uh, and other nasty things. And we are just now realizing the gravity of the situation we're in. <laughs> That's exactly right. And to add just a little more gravity to the situation, give me the 12-sided die. And we're going to take that, we're going to set that on 12 and put that on the portal. And after you guys have, as a, have, as a group, taken 12 actions, something is going to happen. Okay. So to go back over this warehouse quickly. So to give an idea of where the warehouse is, you were in this the warehouse district, funnily enough, which actually has a lot of cult activity. We <laughs> found out on the last episode, which makes sense. I mean, warehouses should have cults. And this warehouse is currently filled with pit bats of indescribable ugliness interdimensional death adders litter the floor all hissing for some reason there's a pack of bale hounds sort of circling around uh, skull killer 9002 is sitting in the doorway and he still looks pretty battered and be- beaten up uh, to remind you he's a metal man and his legs are missing uh, so he wouldn't be as tall as our atomic daredevil brash 96 he's, he's currently standing at about five foot four inches this, this yeah. is true but he used to be he used to be six seven yes he did <laughs> pat knows i got him <laughs> but brash but brash took him down a peg and i think we made that joke already and so he's standing there he still has his guns he still look, looks pretty scary Beyond that, there's a portal near the back of the warehouse. And this portal is sort of brimming with this strange light. There are these five red crystals surrounding it. And to the side are these two blue uh, figures. Um, They're sort of wrapped in this sort of crystalline shield. And they are each muttering and saying great, aggressive, magical words that are making this crystalline energy surrounding them also surround the portal. 
And there's also our dark figure standing next to the portal, uh, guarding it. He's holding what looks like a very unassuming sword, which shouldn't be any problem for problems for you guys later. And we ended the session with the, a dragon uh, breathing fire on the windshield. So, anybody want to tell me what this dragon looks like? Oh man, this is a this is a ferocious looking dragon. It has uh, three heads, one of which is substantially larger than the others and is covered with like pus-filled boils. Now, you wouldn't think that you'd be able to see pus-filled boils on a dragon given that they're covered in scales, but it's, it's such a, a powerful boil that the scales have sort of ruptured and cracked around it. And this head is kind of oozing this, uh, this weird group, goopy green stuff that looks really toxic. Um, and the other two heads are completely identical, but they're, except for the fact that they're sort of mirror images of each other. One has got the left side of the face and one has got the right side of the face, but it's kind of split between two heads. And the one on the left is bright pink. The one on the right is bright purple. That is an ugly ass dragon. It's really fucking ugly. I've never seen anything, anything that indescribably ugly except for the pit bats of indescribable ugliness it's also it's not one of those regal dragons that kind of has the wings and the four legs and the arms and everything no this is one of those dragons that like has the claw hands coming out of the wings ending in kind of fingers at the end and then the stumpy little legs and a lot of them legs like going all down the tail and the tail has this nasty looking barb at the end almost like insect like yeah yeah this dragon it's it, it's hard to tell if it's reptilian, if it's insectoid, or if it's some weird bastardization of the two. It seems like we should do something about it. Oh, we almost certainly should. <laughs> so, give, given that need to do something, what do you do? <laughs> Any ideas? I have a plan. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> My plan is I jump out of the ship onto the dragon's neck. And I wrap my magna grapple line around its neck. Uh, first, oh, which neck? The, the big one, the big one. Uh, the uh, big pus-filled one. The big pus-filled uh, okay, one. Okay, cool. And I wrap it around it. And then I aim the magna grapple line at Skull Killer 9002. <laughs> and I, fl- I shoot the dragon into Skull Killer. So you're... So you're I'm wrapping the drag- okay. dragon with the magna line. Yep. And then I'm shooting the magna line at Skull Killer as I jump on it and ride its back. So are you pulling Skull Killer into the dragon or drag- dragon into Skull Killer? And, and how are you, are you physically your, your personage doing <laughs> I'm that? I'm on this dragon. <laughs> so you're lassoing this dragon and throwing it at the robot. Jumping in the off the jumping off the spaceship, lassoing the dragon, and then <laughs> shooting it down. <laughs> you know, you know that sounds like to me like a daredevil role. Wow. Well, so that that's very just, much does. Uh, it seems a very risky maneuver. I mean, on the one hand, you have to make sure when you land, you don't land in any of the mouths of the death adders, and you have to make sure on your descent, you don't hit any of the the pit bats of ugliness. And it's not, it's not a short gap between the the Z one hundred one, which is still traveling at tremendous speed, and the dragon. So. This seems like a pretty dangerous. Not to mention that even though you're wrapping, action. wrapping your uh, your magna line around the big head, there are still two yeah. more heads to contend with <laughs> this is that quite are breathing dangerous. fire. <laughs> this is quite dangerous. This Maybe is you can exceedingly kinda, like, dangerous. Yeah. Punch them as you just you know do one of those um, what wrestlers do: grip the neck with your legs and then just kind of oh like, yeah yeah whack yeah the heads one fist each right out of WWE. 
All right. So, start, so how many danger dice are <laughs> you taking? I'll let Pat decide for that. I think that's three danger. <laughs> All right. Cool. Um, I'm not going to add anything at the moment. This seems like a pretty tense situation. All things told. So you're your daredevil as well. Yeah, I need twelve. Yeah, that's the, the twelve. Twelves. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, Here's another 12. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're both going to need to give him your 12s. Henry. Why? Oh, shit. Because he, yeah. he's in the, he's in the, the, he's in the danger zone. Oh, this is the 10. He's better. I'll be <laughs> five. <laughs> I can tell you right now that's not all fives. You got a lot of them, though. But you did get a lot. There's yeah. only here's a two and here's a two, but the rest of them are well. five and above. No, 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 no that's, that's, on the, that's on the yeah. boil head. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. So that's so five hits. Looks five like. hits. Oh, fusion overload. All right, I can't do that actually. Never mind. <laughs> okay, fair enough. All right, so you do five hits. Um, how do you want to spread those hits across the bo- across the dragon and skull tr- and skull killer? Can I just like, choose it, or does it have to follow fiction? I'm following fiction. Uh, important, but we can make the fiction one to one to go to the skull killer and four to the dragon. All right, sounds good. But I want to so, give them all to skull killer. <laughs> <laughs> you know you know we know it. <laughs> so you slam the, the dragon bodily against uh, skull killer. You want to you want to move it, and. Both of them are removed a little bit from the warehouse, just, just sort of uh, spread out. Uh, one, of, one of the boils on the boil head bursts, and it's very gross. And that falls on you. In fact, take a, what, what's it called? A reduced hit. So your lowest empty hitbox. So I'm going to acrobat dodge it. I okay. reduce the hit I just took and redirect the attack to do one hit to a nearby target. All right. And do that hit to a skull killer. Okay. Just in time, so the, <laughs> the acid that sprayed out of the boil, instead of landing on the atomic daredevil's armor, instead douses Skullkiller's head. Not only that, but it seems like it's such an acrobatic dodge that he twists the neck around so that the pus is spewing, <laughs> spewing on Skullkiller. Skull Skullkiller yeah. skull is shrinking. Skullkiller is. It has slow- chemical properties. <laughs> slowly shrinking. All right. So. Um, but you notice also something really weird about this boil head as it starts to, the pus just keeps coming into this head and the head is starting to grow a little bit. Uh, it, it's very disgusting and the dra- and the, that particular head looks very unhappy about it. The, the purple, each half of the purple dragon's head is smiling, or, or sorry, each half of the purple head of the dragon is smiling at its cousin as it slowly fills with more and more pus and grossness and acid. And so what are our magician explorer friend and our flyboy doing right now? Well, Milo wasn't really expecting Brash to suddenly leap out of the Z101, but he is bemused by the actions. And with the dragon off the tail of the Z101, Milo kind of alters its its descent uh, directly towards the portal. So we're, we're kind of cruising in right towards it and trying to get a good look at what these these two crystalline things are. I don't know, Sib, Sibilancia, can you can you discern? Do you have any idea what these might be? Have you seen anything like this in your travels before? Well, I'm trying to trying to make out what they are. It's kind of hard to tell between all the uh, the bat guts and uh, fire. 
that we've just been flying through, but it looks like they are totems used in the summoning of uh, of Malakar. They are sort of portal stabilizers. So it'll not be enough for us to simply remove the crystals. We'll need to take down these uh, these stabilizers as well because they sort of hold the portal into place once it's been once it's grown to its mm. full size. That sounds like a two-man job. It does. <laughs> well, here's what I can do. It seems like we'll need someone someone flying around in the air to deal with these this myriad of pit bats and death adders and bell hounds that are flying around. But I think I should be able to fly you in just close enough to land you right in front of one of these crystalline structures if you think you can start to i don't even know get 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 cracking on them get cracking on them i'll do my best i mean i'm gonna need some i'm gonna need some covering fire because i'm gonna be in deep there's gonna be these mages and there's that weird hooded figure again and not to mention all the the hounds and the bats and the death adders so if you can keep them off my tail come up with some sort of crazy flyboy distraction i think I'll, i'll be doing just fine i think i just might be able to do that so here's here's the plan i'm going to pull a sharp u turn and fly directly towards the pit bats. Um, and I'm going to kind of launch all the flares that the Z101 has. And we're going to try and get the pit bats following me. As I do that, I'm going to open the back and you're going to jump out and try and land in front of the which the one on the right, we'll say. All right. Yeah, yeah. That's a great idea. I think I think the best way to do this, I don't know if I'll survive a fall from this high. I mean, I'm not, I'm not an atomic being like brash. So I think I'm going to try to teleport down there and at the same time... Uh, I mean, you know, just a, a, a very standard short-range teleportation. Well, I might be able to... We might, we might not even have to do that because the Z101 kind of in the rear hangar has uh, has a little hover bike. Oh, that's a great um, idea. <laughs> and the anti-gravity device is just rated high enough for an 100-meter fall, which this looks to be. So I think you should just get on the hover bike, and as I'm swinging around, I'll open the back door, and you just drive out. And we'll, All right. We'll take it from there. We'll see how we'll see how this do. Okay. So, are you doing any attacks here, or are you just doing cool shit? No. As I'm doing this, I need to clear a path um, through the bailhounds that are standing in front of the the two crystals. So, as I do this big U-turn maneuver, um, I'm going to be kind of giving them the full force of the Z101's uh, machine guns mounted on the front. All right. Cool. So that sounds like a flyboy to me. That it is. Sounds good. Are you going to take any danger? Well, the the Z101's telemetry is telling me that there's some kind of strange uh, air currents going on, and there must be some kind of pressure emanating from this portal, uh, and it's throwing off my ability to drive. So that's it's definitely going to be a risky maneuver trying to get in that close. So I'll take right. a couple danger dice for that. Sounds good. Do you want any more danger? Sure. <laughs> it sounds like you have something. Yeah, I do, actually. <laughs> I mean, these, these pit bats are so indescribably ugly that it physically hurts your eyes to look at them, which is going to throw off your aim a little bit. Take another dice for that. All right. Move your danger up. All right. Here goes nothing. That was All right. a six. All right. Three and one. All right. Three hits and one threat. That's what it looks like. All right. So... Um, and you were going after the pit bats, were you? Uh, I was trying to. I was trying to turn the, take a big U-turn with the Z101, shoot a path through the pack of bailhounds, and draw the attention of the pit bats while opening the back door and sending Sib flying out on the hover bike. 
Okay, so you scatter the hounds. They they get sort they get sort of scared away, and you easily drop and you easily drop off uh, our friend uh, Sir Sibilancia off in front of. You could just call me Sybil. Sybil, I'll call you Sybil. <laughs> uh, off in front of the stabilizer, and the wizard standing in front of the stabilizer, and. Um, is there anything else? Is there any? Uh, was there anything particular you wanted to shoot, or anything you wanted to tangle with? Well, I, I needed to make sure as I did this that I drew the attention of the the pit bats. Oh, and you uh, did. With the flail launch. You certainly did. And so they're following the Z101 now, and they're out for blood. They're really very hungry for you at this point. Great, cool. And now you're in front of this wizard, and Sybil, you recognize this wizard. This wizard is your boss. <laughs> oh, man. Well, this is a little awkward. I, I mean, workplace reunions are a little strange <laughs> at any time, but these are less than ideal circumstances. Now, oh. I recognize my boss. He was, he was one of the worst cult leaders I've ever had, and I don't mean that in just terms of just <laughs> horrific acts that he perpetrated. He was just plain bad at it. I mean, we'd lose half of the batch of new recruits every year to initiations and instead of the usual quarter. That sounds like hazing. <laughs> It's a lot like hazing. It's a, against the rules. It's against the rules. It's very much against the rules, Pat. Oh, so it's you. You're the one who left. You come back now. Well, now I'm going to have my revenge on you. I'm going to take you up and destroy you and break you into little pieces. <laughs> I was never good at the evil laugh. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a, like I said, he's a really terrible cult leader. I mean, Doesn't he can't trash down. talk. He can't <laughs> laugh. He can't do shit. I'm, I'm going to blast you with power now eldritch power i'm supposed to say eldritch power right Sybil? is that is that it i'm not helping you with this mm. it's the kind of cult leader that comes to power on pure ability alone and yeah. nothing else <laughs> he's really min maxed his charisma score is way way down i could run a cult better than him <laughs> don't go getting any ideas <laughs> who knows i might take his cult and so he's dressed in all gray and his staff is this black uh, ebony thing, and it starts to glow with all these uh, gray, with all these gray white glyphs all over it, and it glows, glows brighter and brighter and brighter. And he starts to aim it at you. What does Sybil do? Well, I've spent so much time with him that I have a fairly good idea of the spells that he's he's trying to use, and what he's attempting to summon is uh, it's kind of like an internal portal. The target it hits will be turned inside out. And I mean that in the most literal sense. <laughs> Jesus. So I'm going to attempt to use my, my knowledge of that spell um, and my own Eldritch Enries to overload his staff and hope that it catches him within the spell radius. All right. Sounds good. Uh, that sounds like an explorer to me. Honestly, I have no idea what that would be, so I'll take your word on it. So, are you, so you're trying to overload his staff with your power? Yes. Now you'll have to be careful while you're doing that, because in the presence of such high degrees of eldritch power, namely the portal that is pulsating mere meters away from you, kind of all of these mystical abilities are heightened. Um, and if you're not careful, you can easily uh, completely overload yourself. So, oh, yeah. yeah. I'm going to toss you a, a danger die for that one. I mean, it's just Eldritch energy is really unstable to begin with. So all these confounding factors make it really hard to know what you're overloading. It could be his staff. It could be the portal. I could blow myself into oblivion. 
But what's life without a little risk? <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. So I'm going to take another danger. Sounds good. Uh, um, make sure you move your danger up as much as yep. you did. And do you want to take any extra dice on this for uh, equipment that you're using? You know, I think that'll be it. All right. Sounds good. Oh, wow. Two and two. Two and two. two hits, but two I get threats. an extra an extra hit against the... Uh, uh, against an extra a magical threat but he is he is certainly that you do three hits against him so what does that hit look like like what what is what happens with the stat with his staff well, let's see so i got i got three hits against his staff yeah. well so his staff starts to sort of shake with manic energy and the sort of gray pulsing light that was coming from it runs up and down his arms and sort of starts to stab its way into his veins all right so his veins take on this gray gross gritty uh move where like they're short yeah, they you sort stand of see out against things his head. moving up and down in, in his forearm that might be blood or might be something else and he seems really angry and uncomfortable and lashes out in return for you and in return at you and you manage to dodge most of it but you manage to dodge most of it and there's just so much force there's no there's no real like form or anything to this attack it's just this gray light that just explodes outward and sort of like tears some bats from the air uh cracks all the windows down that side uh ty's character sibilancia manages to dodge mostly out of the way of it but still clips his shoulder and throws him to the floor so you're going to take a reduced hit on that all right all right cool and so that gets us around to here and the portal is down to nine and that was a each of you did a thing and so to describe what's going on now uh sibilancia is well let's give quick like if you're to like take a camera image of the conflicts that each of you are engaged with of what's going on with uh henry milo right now you can kind of you see quick shot milo's in the cockpit frantically kind of wrestling with the controls as he's as the z101 is bucked by all these magical forces coming out of the portals and then you flash behind the ship and there's this massive cloud of pit bats closing in on him pretty quickly um and he's kind of doing his best to shake them um, and he's headed pretty close to the walls. He doesn't have much room to maneuver left in this warehouse. All right. Sounds good. What is Sibilancia? What is a still of Sibilancia right now? It describes it. In Sibilancia, it, you could imagine sort of a, a cross-cut scene where it's like yeah. a slash through the middle of the frame and on mm -hmm. the one in the bottom corner you see Sibilancia uh, sort of crawling his way back up a wall after the hit that he took. Uh, shaking his head, just just brushing off the residual uh, energy, and then you see the sorcerer who's slowly starting to uh, just throb with magical energy, and he looks like he's about to hurl really bad, but it's like his entire body wants to hurl, <laughs> not just his head. <laughs> Sounds good. And Pat, let's go to our atomic daredevil brash. 96 the dra the green not the green dragon the dragon head is for the bile is starting to grow it's almost about to explode the purple the purple head is breathing fire at you and skull killer is just getting up and there's acid sort of burning into him uh what does what does brash look like brash is he's very very large very very large like what was he like six five um and he's very handsome 
Perfect. <laughs> yeah. No more description needed. What is he wearing? He's wearing, he's still wearing the jeans, I think it is, and the rocket ship shaped coat. It works as a rocket ship. <laughs> Completely forgot about that. Perfect. So, what does uh, Brash start to do as this he- as the fire is coming at him? Skull Killer is starting to level a weapon at him, and the purple head is about to is breathing in to blow fire. So Brash is here, and Brash like Brash is pretty confident that he can handle this, but at the same time, Brash just wants to get out of here. I just want to get out of here. So I I think I'm planning on using my atomic speed to evade them and try and put a bomb on the other stabilizer or to try and put a bomb on this stabilizer. Okay. Uh, when, when did you get a bomb? I'm, I just made it. All right. Can we, can we have, can we have yeah, a yeah, scene yeah. of that? Can you we have a scene have of that? What, is it, what does it look, what does it look like to have Brash making a bomb? It was pretty, pretty complicated. So I had to ask a bunch of chemists while using my speed and I was running around asking chemists how to make bombs because I knew no chemistry. But they basically ended up, they gave me these chemicals and boxes to put them in, and told me that if I mixed them, it would be a bomb. And they just this, did that for free? Was this back when you were running around looking for a skull killer? No, this was this is like during my atomic speed. Nice. <laughs> right now. Right oh, now. so you're running around. Yeah, like I'm, I'm also getting tips. <laughs> <laughs> just in the neighborhood? There's just a bunch of bomb builders? It's a warehouse. There are a bunch of. No, it's a warehouse. I mean, I'm street. very fast. <laughs> I mean, I would almost think you could use this this inflating dragon head filled with what is clearly acid. acid by the yeah. way, it's acting on skeletal. I would think you maybe could even use that. I bet you could rip that head off and, and kind of use it as a makeshift biological bomb. I don't know. The dragon or could you be could use very the chemist bomb. <laughs> I mean, so you could, could kill two birds with one stone. Off. I could t- I could I could do that. I could try and ca- bring the dragon with me. All right. So you no, I don't want to bring the dragon. You don't want to. just want to bring the one head. It's too much work. I don't think I could handle the dragon. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Brash could handle the dragon. Pat. Ooh. You, you <laughs> can handle just the. I one think dragon I can handle head. the dragon. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I want to try and wrap this dragon up. I want to try and wrap this dragon up with my arms, and my body, like a wolf around his neck, you know? <laughs> and then I'll just use my atomic speed and bring it towards the stabilizer and just use it as a bomb and just dip in there and drop the dragon off and dip out. All right, sounds good. So let's have let's have a roll for that. Um, that sounds that might be a warrior, I think, instead of a daredevil. Yeah, it sounds yeah, like, it a, sounds warrior like move. a warrior move. Yeah, punch evil in the face. Yeah, seems about right. I have it's it's my D eight, but I get five of those. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Oops. Here, here's another one. Oh, here's one more. There you go. Five D eights. Five D eights. Good. As if any more danger was needed. Um, having the weight of an entire dragon on your back is not going to make it easy to jump over these many death adders and bell hounds <laughs> that were recently scattered by Milo's. Uh, flyby attack on them but are now coming back to their senses so I'm going to toss you another couple dice I also I mean I know Brash does his ladders on the regular but <laughs> <laughs> it's that's a lot of animals on the ground you just gotta you gotta plow right through them man so I mean confounding confounding the problem with having the death adders on the ground and the hounds and everything you have to contend with sort of the dragon picking them up as you go along. Kind of like you ever seen like a broom sweep across the ground and pick up all the shit that's there. Yeah. So you're not just dragging a dragon, you're just dragging whatever comes with it. <laughs> all right, so how many, what is that? That's like three more. 
What happens if you max out danger as Pat is close to doing? <laughs> uh, if you max out danger, it just stays there All right. until the end of the scene. All right, let's see that roll. I think this is the most dice anyone's rolled with. Yet. Yeah, looks about right. Oh my right. god! All right. Oh no! <laughs> oh my god! That's so oh, many that's threats. A, that's a lot of threats. <laughs> oh no! Brash, do you have any powers that'll let you re-roll threats, or I can acrobat dodge him. <laughs> so, so tell how, tell me how many hits you have, and tell me um, how many threats have, you have. <laughs> I have precisely two hits. And precisely seven threats. <laughs> seven? Yeah. Doesn't even go that high. All right. So I'm, I'm, it only goes to five, in fact. So the first thing is you're just running through all these interdimensional death adders. You're going to take a uh, you're going to take a reduced hit. So you're, you're going to take one more bash, which isn't going to affect you all, but just know that that's there. Uh, the other thing is total disaster. Threat does the worst thing. What is that worst thing? Anybody have any ideas? I don't know. You would hope that the head wouldn't explode before Brash manages to reach the stabilizer. That seems like it wouldn't. Well, (laughs) you would hope that the thing doesn't get, that the head wouldn't explode until you get to the stabilizer. And in that hope, you would be fulfilled. It didn't get to the stabilizer. It, It didn't blow up before the stabilizer. So Brash gets there, he puts it on the stabilizer and leaves it there and the and one of the and he ran so fast that there was a Magus who was standing next to the stabilizer and Brash was in, dropped the whole dragon next to the stabilizer and left next to this Mag- this Magus and this Magus looked at the bomb at the bomb, not the bomb being the bile filling dragon's head and realized something very special about this bile blood in that it had very intense magical power and he channeled and he channeled the magical power of the exploding bile bio weapon into the stabilizer and then into the portal oh no and so you have this green gross energy with all these sad crying faces inside it being going into the formerly very nice looking blue light of the stabilizer and mixing into whatever color blue and green make together and like just cyan. Pour, and just pour turquoise maybe teal, turquoise, teal. <laughs> nice teal a nice a teal. foam green and that teal is pouring into the red crystals of the portal and the portal gets larger and larger and larger and larger until it, it completely expands and opens Oh no! And out steps. For the record, there was a nine on that, and Tucker just took it off, and <laughs> makes me think it went down to zero immediately. And there is a small individual that steps out oh, of no. the portal. Uh, he's not—he's not a big guy. He doesn't look all that threatening or all that scary. Um, I need to find him. Uh, I knew I had it. I know I had it. I get to cut all this. Okay. Does that say the one that just I says knew I shouldn't have brought the dragon head. So the, <laughs> the portal completely expands, and a small figure walks out, and the figure on the end of the throne bows to him. And this is the Blood Emperor King of Malachar. What does he look like? I mean, he's a small figure, but he's absolutely terrifying to behold. Not handsome. Not handsome at all. No, in fact, his entire form is just dripping in blood, like in perpetuity. He's just constantly, just, there's just blood flowing off of him. 
Hence his name, the Blood Emperor King. And it's not it's not like a nice red, thick, healthy blood. This is kind of putrid, brownish, congealed blood that's pouring out from what look to be eye sockets, but we can't really tell. They're very shriveled. In fact, his whole body is shriveled. It's very gray. There's kind of discolored spots all over it. Hard um, to tell under all that blood, but there are, there are clear patches now and then. Which stands in stark contrast to a brilliant crimson cloak that he's wearing. I mean, this thing has to cost a fortune. This is made out of some of the finest velvet you've ever seen. An indescribably white fur is kind of rimming the the neckline and the cuff sleeves and it's studded with all sorts of gemstones all over and it's just it somehow is untouched by all the bile coming off of him too there's certainly some magic at play here with this dude pat what weapon does the blood emperor king of malachar wield he has like a little wand type thing that glows (laughs) 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 and he levels that wand like thing that glows at our atomic daredevil brash 96 on closer inspection you can actually tell that wand is a, a human femur <laughs> that's some kind of wand. carved carved down to a to a point on one end and there's all sorts of eldritch runes carved into it as well and you can kind of make out little bits of this grayish blood dripping out of the back of the wand too and if you look closer you would think that the the sort of shifting weird liquidy stuff on him is just blood but in fact, underneath the blood, you can make out the faces of the victim's souls, of his victim's souls, just writhing in agony on his body. And what you thought what might be clothes are, in fact, pieces of their skin that he's just sort of stitched together. <laughs> we have to kill him. <laughs> uh, but, uh, Henry, Milo doesn't notice this at first because he's flying away from a bunch of bats. No, Milo's flying the opposite direction. <laughs> and how is he going to deal with these bats? Well, so here we are back, back at Milo in what now is a comparably uh, less threatening scene. But nonetheless, Milo's being chased by this huge flock of pit bats of indescribable ugliness. And Milo's having a tough time navigating. I mean, like we said, these bats are incredibly ugly. But it occurs to him that their ugliness might work against them. The Z101 is normally kind of it's a very it's a very you know advanced ship it's a it's a stealth warfare craft and normally it's kind of outfitted in this gray drab but one of the options it has um, for you know parade type things is you can go and of course this is the 1950s Rocket City um, you can shift the colors to the shiniest brightest most reflective chrome you've ever seen and it occurs to Milo that he can in fact. Um, flip the switch and turn the craft chrome um, while simultaneously um, giving a, you know, a very hard break uh, and angling the craft upwards as well so that the entire flock of pit bats will come face to face with themselves. And Milo, not the brightest individual, of course, but he, he has a theory that their own ugliness will turn against them. We'll see if that works out. It does work out. Describe how it works out. So Milo, Milo goes into this hard breaking maneuver you can kind of see him sag into his chair i mean this is a high g maneuver and even as a ghost this is kind of pressing him down into the sea his cheeks are kind of sagging um and so here his craft is now vertical and the entire swarm of bats comes um flying in and as they as soon as they get close enough they're about a meter away they kind of slow down and let out this 
horrific, high-pitched, agonizing screech as they all become aware of their own ugliness. Um, and the, the flock starts to go crazy. It starts swarming and writhing in on itself. Um, these bats now turn and appreciate the ugliness of their fellows, and they kind of all turn on each other and start tearing each other to pieces. All right, sounds good. And the pitbacks of indescribable ugliness consume themselves and fall to the interdimensional death adders, which slowly eat them. So Milo's pretty pleased with himself, uh, having accomplished this. But in order to do so, he kind of had to completely turn off the thrusters. And now the Z-101 <laughs> has stalled out entirely. So he's, he's falling towards the floor. And uh, in fact, he, he kind of took an unfortunate gamble here. And so the Z-101 just completely falls and crashes um, with him inside. And he's, he's kind of rattled. He's, of course, unharmed by this, by being a ghost, of course. But the Z-101 does not look to be in good shape. And so he's kind of you know fiddling with the engine, trying to get it to start again. But it, for the moment, it doesn't look like it's going to start. And around him ride interdimensional death adders, which can bite ghosts, and a pack of hounds, which cannot. <laughs> and Ty, what 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 standoff do we have right here between our not particularly well-spoken or charismatic cult leader and the mystic explorer that is Sir Sibilancia of the cyclic orbit? Well, I'll be totally honest. This cult leader, and we didn't mention it before, but his name is Dan. So Dan's not doing so hot. The spell that overloaded in his staff didn't fully go off, so he didn't get turned inside out. But his insides did get turned a little bit inside out. So Dan is suffering from possibly the worst case of indigestion in the world. So he's, he's inside inside out. He's inside inside outside out, inside but not out. outside inside out. It's a very important distinction. Now Dan is just sort of sort of writhing there, and he... He seems to be in considerable agony, but he still has a glow of triumph on his face because he knows that, that the cult's plan has worked and that the blood emperor has arrived. And Sybil knows from his time in the cult what a bad thing this is. I mean, Malachar, the blood, king, uh, the blood emperor king of Malachar is totally merciless. He lives for one thing and one thing only, and that is conquest and adding the blood of slaughtered innocence to his, I guess, form. And if, if they let him go free, he will massacre the entire Rocket City um, and reward his followers with unspeakable demonic boons. So Sybil is filled with, with a great rage because he remembers his time in the cult and on all the suffering that he saw, and he, he just can't allow that to happen to Rocket City, and he, he knows that he will do whatever he must to, pre to prevent this from happening. And as he looks around, he sees Brash in the corner, and he sees uh, sort of con him confronting this Magus of Malachar and the figure at once, and Skull Killer is getting up and sort of shaking himself off. And he sees Milo with a pack of hounds and a a pack of a, a, a huge den of interdimensional death adders surrounding him. And he knows that uh, at this point they have, they have really one real hope and that's to send the blood emperor back where he came. <coughs> so Sybil is going to attempt a very complex ritual, um, but he can't just sort of leave Dan there. So he's going to, uh, channel his power and just crush Dan's head and then teleport to the corner of the warehouse 
and try to prepare this this uh, unsummoning ritual in in relative tranquility. But this is this is a really complex ritual, so it's gonna it's gonna take some preparation. All right, so we'll start we'll start with the roll to crash dance, <laughs> as it were. <laughs> yep. So this is this is gonna be a um a, a sort of a split roll. Yep. So I think it's I think it's a warrior roll to crush Dan's head, mm-hmm. and he's he's using his his teleport action to sort of split yeah. his die, and then at the same time I think an explorer action to set up yeah, this this ritual. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, anyone danger. have any danger? I mean, Dan's not going to just sit by and let you crush his head. <laughs> so while while you're trying to do that, Dan, though suffering from inside inside out uh, disorder, I guess we'll call it. Um, Though not though though incapacitated, he is not completely dead. Um, and as you're doing this, he's kind of whispering incantations um, that are causing kind of tiny tiny gray uh, mystical energy needles to appear and kind of stab at you. It's 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 all he can manage at this point, but it's certainly distracting you. And distraction is the last thing you need when you're trying to simultaneously crush a head and teleport. So I'll I'll pass you a danger die for that. Okay, I'll take a danger die for that. Um, I think I'm also going to use my uh, my dark bargain uh, in that you know the price that Sybil paid for the the suffering <coughs> of innocence weighs on his soul, but gives him valuable insight into how to perform this ritual. All right, sounds good. Okay, and I think that'll be all. All right, so start with the warrior. Start with the warrior. All right, so here's the warrior roll. Um, I'm also going to use my strange alien artifact to, <laughs> to sort Which, of... Well, before it was a translator, and now it does Before it was a translator, and it's still a translator, but it helps me sort of um, crystallize my you know English language thoughts into the strange alien tongue that is required for the ritual. All right. All right, so I'm going to roll to crush Dan's head. And that looks like three hits. Yep. That so you you do it. He's very not ready for that. Squoosh. What does it look like? I mean, I'm not gonna say it's pretty, but uh Sybil's fist pulses with kind of a, a glowing yellow energy and then Dan's head just vaporizes and there's just shards of bone and brain matter oh. and, <laughs> and a smell like a like chicken in a microwave but when you left the chicken on just a little too long and it starts to get all dry and nasty and his blood pulls into the blood emperor king of malachar and enters him yeah yeah that's an un- unfortunate side effect okay so this is this is the second action which is trying to set up begin the ritual mm-hmm. um and he's also going to uh he's going to recount <laughs> he's going to recount the time that he studied he first encountered this ritual and it was in a, a tome full of uh full of pages that looked to be made out of human skin and etched with blood and it okay. really seared that impression on his head where did he find this tome uh he found it in a dank cavern filled with uh with gristle and sort of mummified corpses yeah it was just it was just you know, out for a daily Sunday stroll on yeah, somewhere on Phobos. What, what planet was this cavern on? Phobos. You know, just the, one of the moons. Which one is that a moon of? Is that... Hey, Saturn, Saturn, Jupiter? Saturn, Jupiter? One, one of those, of those two. Yeah, one of them. 
So the, the danger that resulted um, is going to become used later uh, for bonus die. All right. Do you still take those threats? Uh, no, I don't. Okay, cool. So you had one hit? Uh, plus one for the, the spirit threat and plus one for the lay of the land action. Okay, so three hits? Three hits, yeah. Okay. So what does this ritual entail, Pat? Like where, where, is, he pull, where is he pulling this knowledge from? What, what, what is the actual action that he's doing to try and send the blood emperor king back? Uh, it's like he has a staff, and I'm imagining him bang, banging it on the ground and like chanting things to get him to go into the portal. Yeah. And with each with each kind of chant that and and bang, you know, like thunk, thunk, thunk. Each time Sybil bangs the staff on the ground, you can kind of see um a a, a, a circle of of orange light um kind of opposite what was the blue light um <coughs> that the portal was initially um made out of and this sort of grows at Sibilantia's feet with each bang the circle expands a little bit and it's pulsating and it gets a little bit brighter um it's kind of the you know the opposite the reversal spell that brought this portal here um but you can tell I mean this is really taking all the concentration that Sibilantia has um his hair is starting to started to like lift up as if there's a great deal of static in the air all right I also like to mention it was very convenient that Dan had a staff on him because I wasn't carrying one around and the staff is crucial for this ritual. <laughs> Perfect. All right. And so anybody want to describe what the current scene looks like to me? Well, so we've got, we've got Sibilantia kind of off in the corner of the warehouse now, banging his staff away, starting this ritual. That sounds really dirty. <laughs> <laughs> No, it wasn't doesn't. until you said it. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Milo is in a, a dark and silent and essentially motionless Z101. It's taking the beating at this point, flying through uh, storms of bats and performing maneuvers way outside normal operating procedure. And Milo is frantically trying to get it started as from one side, a pack of bellhounds closes in, and from the other side, the interdimensional death adders are rushing towards him. Uh, and finally, in the opposite corner of Sibilantia, you've got Brash96, um, who's just uh, dumped off the dragon head at the stabilizer and inadvertently uh, brought the blood emperor king of Malakar himself into the world of Rocket City inadvertently. <coughs> Sounds good. And a couple extra things are going to happen. Um, one of which is Skullkiller has finally gotten up. It took him a while. Was, there was a lot of acid on him. He's, he doesn't have his legs anymore. This that, guy doesn't these die. Things, <laughs> these, things, just these things make it different. And he turns and sees what Sibilancia is doing. And one of his, ar- one of his remaining arms, uh, his only remaining arm, uh, turns into a very, very large handgun. Uh, basically, like the entire arm... Uh, the metal morphs into a handgun. A literal handgun. <laughs> yes. And it is pointing towards Sibilancia. Uh, in the ship, interdimensional death adders start to slip in through some of the cracks that have formed on the Z101 and are, are starting to nip at you and bite, and bite you and try, and try to pull your ghost form into this world so the pack of hounds that are outside tearing at the ship can get you to pieces. And 
for Brash 96, uh, the Magus, who originally rechanneled the explosion of the Bilehead into the Stabilizer to bring the Blood King, uh, turns a, holding a large sledgehammer to try to uh, knock our atomic daredevil away from his liege, the Blood Emperor King. And that figure that we see before with that sword we saw before takes uh, a step and had and has the atomic daredevil taken on both sides what do people do hey guys thanks for listening that was again Danger Patrol by John Harper. You can find his work at 17games.com. If you like the podcast, you can like it on iTunes. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter. And the best way to get in contact with me is to email me at sceneplaypod at gmail.com. And today, I do have a poem for you. Brevity is the soul of wit. <laughs>